0: And welcome to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us Mike Murowski, trainer and coach to real estate investors and industry professionals, public speaker, host of the Insider Secrets podcast, and author. Mike, how are you doing? Awesome. Yeah. Hey, great to have you here in the studio. Appreciate it. Um, So, how's everything going?
1: It's going well. Thank you. Awesome other than 20 inches
0: of snow in Chicago. (laughs) Hey, that's what you get for living around those lakes, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, spend with us here on the show. I've had the opportunity to get to know you a little bit over the past few weeks. I think we originally met on uh, a LinkedIn um, webinar or or Zoom that I spoke on and you had expressed interest in getting to know each other. So I'm definitely appreciative of that. Um, I want to just get started here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate.
1: Sure. Yeah, and thanks, Dan, for having me on. I really appreciate it, And um, I've been in the real estate space for about 30 years. I started out as a residential sales agent, uh, selling uh, residential homes, and my first eight months in the business sold 78 houses, all for sale by owner, didn't know anybody in the business, went on to build a team that, where we were selling about 125 homes a year. Wow. In 2005, I saw the market starting to soften, and shift and knew that I was gonna to have to go do something different. I'd always wanted to be in the apartment business, so I decided to syndicate an apartment deal. Knew nothing about apartments, knew nothing about raising money, just understood the model because I had watched some other syndicators in the Chicago market do that. And I raised $18 million and bought $60 million worth of real estate it was four thousand apartments in five different states wow. over the next thirty months. Went on to build a property management company that was uh, that we managed about seventy five hundred units, and uh, built a second property management company uh, that was a little bit different. It was scattered site housing. And today I'm in the uh, coaching and training space.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, it sounds to me, from what I've gathered, that you're pretty passionate about multifamily specifically. Tell us why you're so passionate about it and what you like about it.
1: Yeah, you know, um, it's an interesting question. I think, first of all, in multifamily, there's so much to learn. Sure. I don't think you can ever know everything, and the thing that keeps me excited about it is that I am continually growing uh, in the business. I learn from guys like you. I learn from other. People. I learned from the, the clients that I coach. And here's what I always tell people. Look, it's economies of scale. And you can scale the business very quickly and have hundreds or thousands of units in, in a you know, reasonable amount of time. But what's interesting is I could close two 100-unit deals the same month and they would be totally different transactions. Sure. You, nothing would be the same. And, and I think that that's what's interesting about multifamily is nothing's ever the same and you keep learning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's another good point you brought up is the scalability. And I want everyone out there to know that, you know, when you're looking at multifamily properties and you're underwriting them, and this goes the same thing true with, with net lease and some of the stuff that I deal with on a day-to-day basis, there really isn't much different between a 20 unit or a 200 unit or a 350 unit. They're all deals that need to be underwritten. And the only difference is the number of zeros that are, you know, after your dollar sign. Um, So I think that's something that's really important uh, for people to recognize specifically about multifamily.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, And I I really uh, think that the underwriting piece is really important and it's critical that everybody understands how to do that from the, just looking at it early on and then doing the due diligence after you uh, go to contract.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, listen, Mike, one of the things that I appreciated was your authenticity and transparency. And in some of our calls uh, leading up to the show today, you mentioned to me uh, about some situations that happened with you and your business in the past. And I wanted to invite you uh, to give you the opportunity to share with us.
1: Yeah. And and I appreciate that, Dan. Um, in 2005, you know, I went out, I built a pretty substantial apartment business in a very short period of time. And, you know, there were some challenges that came along with that. Yeah, there was a lot of success that happened, but there were some, some challenges. You know, I bought property overinflated as the market was kind of going up. We were buying properties at a higher price than we should have been buying properties at. We were over leveraged and very unstable. You know, I'll give you an example. 2007, I closed 17 transactions for about 2,700 units. Wow. And... In, in when you do that, it, you hope that your team or other members around you that in your network are stabilizing things and working the business plans that you've written. And, you know, in some cases that didn't happen. So it's very unstable, very over leveraged. And in 2010, we imploded. Uh, the market, you know, we, in 2008, we went into the worst economic crisis the world's ever seen. I remember sitting at lunch with my CFO in 2008, watching uh, them carry boxes out of Lehman Brothers and looked at my CFO across the table and said, we're screwed, aren't we? He goes, <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it that nicely, but um, I knew that we were, you know, in on this path that was going to be kind of destructive but didn't really realize how bad. Uh, As a result of everything that happened in the world and occupancies in my apartments dropping, values dropping, net cash flow dropping, uh, being over leveraged, not being able to pay the bills, I tried to keep everybody afloat. So rather than let a couple of um, my deals go to foreclosure and some of my investors get hurt, I tried to save everybody. And as a result of that, I wound up Uh, being charged uh, in a federal case for mail fraud and wire fraud charges uh, because I moved money between companies. And it wasn't so much the moving of the money, Dan, as it was the non-disclosure and not telling my investors what I had done. And as a result of that, I wound up uh, being indicted and uh, sentenced to a 10-year federal prison sentence.
0: Wow. Wow. That is quite quite a story. I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, I don't even know what to say. I appreciate you sharing that with everybody who's viewing. Tell us a little bit about the lessons that you learned from that whole experience.
1: Yeah. Uh, so what's interesting is when you go to prison, you really, it's like you died and you watch your life go on in front of you while you're still living and watching it from a distance. It, prison's a very dark place. There's a lot of crazy things that go on. It can be very evil and you have a choice and the choice you're faced with is you can either do the time or allow the time to do you. And, you know, I made some mistakes in business and I think I grew from those mistakes because I learned so much. Um, I walked into the gym one day and a guy said to me, he goes, man, don't let these people beat you. He goes, they might be able to take all your money. They might be able to take all your apartments. They might be able to take your family, but they can't take what you have inside. And that's your ability to go get it back. And that made such an impact in me that over the next uh, six years, I wrote two books, two home study courses. I taught a real estate investing course in prison. I, I taught a property management course. I built an ethics course and taught ethics for five years I went to college, Dan. I got a bachelor's degree in theology, taught Bible wow. study and sample for five years. I was on an outreach program. I went into the community 40 times and told my story to small business owners and the local uh, colleges. I just finished publishing a paper with a professor from the University of Minnesota. We co-authored a paper. Uh, it was a case study on my case, and we had it published in the Business Journal of Ethics. Uh, along with a set of teaching notes that they use at the uh, college level for forensic accounting classes and uh, sales and marketing classes, uh, teaching strategically how to avoid some of the mistakes that I made, so.
0: Wow, wow, well thank you again for being so transparent and, and, and open about this. Um, you know, through all those experiences, what advice do you have for those who are watching today?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the biggest advice is that if you are in a, if you're facing a situation where you're challenged and you don't know what to do, reach out for help, ask somebody. You know, I tell a story uh, that I was walking into a board meeting, and I'll make this really short, but I was walking into a board meeting uh, in 2010 with the intention of talking to my board of advisors about where we were at financially and where our business was at and my attorney met me in the parking lot. In-house counsel, who I paid a lot of money to for his advice, said, we don't want to talk to them about any of this right now. And I couldn't understand why. And I probably should have at that point. But I allowed somebody else to dictate what I was going to do. And I knew in my gut and in my head what I should have done as a business owner. And I think that business owners Entrepreneurs are faced with decisions and choices every day, and we know innately what to do, but we make the wrong choice because we allow somebody else or another influence to override what we think is right when we really have to take a look at ourselves, the smart way of doing things.
0: Sure. Yeah, very, very true. I definitely, definitely agree with that. And I I like what you said, when someone is in a situation where they need assistance, by all means, reach out. I mean, reaching out is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength, and it's a sign of, of foresight and the ability to solve problems and work together. I think that that's a very valuable lesson. Uh, you know, Mike, you had mentioned something when we had spoken before uh, about exit plans. You mentioned that everyone goes into a real estate transaction with an entrance plan, but people often don't have an exit plan. Can you talk to us about why having an exit plan is so important?
1: Yeah. So – You know, over the years, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching and training, books and tapes, seminars, and some really great trainers, right? What I found is everybody teaches us how to get in a deal. Everybody teaches us how to find a deal, how to structure a deal, how to get in a deal, operate a deal. Nobody teaches us how to get out. So one of the books I wrote while I was away was called Exit Plan, and it's your complete guide to multifamily investing and why you need an exit plan before you buy. And I really believe, Dan, that every investor needs to understand that, whether it's multifamily, single family, or, or some other commercial asset. Because if you don't have an exit plan before you get to the closing table on your purchase, you could find yourself in a dilemma trying to figure out what to do. And what I always tell people is exiting doesn't always mean selling and giving up control. Exiting a lot of times could mean just restructuring, refinancing, sure. bringing a apartment. So there's a lot of ways to look at it. But I would offer um, any of your listeners, uh, if they wanted to uh, download a free copy of that book, they could go to my website and do that. And that's at mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan. And they could get a copy and read that book.
0: Okay, there you go, mycoreintentions.com slash exit plan. Right. Excellent. Yeah. So, anybody who's looking for more information about Mike's book, he's gracious enough to allow our viewers to go ahead and download it for free. That's awesome. Thank you very much for, for that, Mike. That's very kind of you. So, you mentioned yeah. coaching. You mentioned spending a lot of money investing in yourself and in self-development, which I think is great. I mean, there's so many amazing resources out there. It's great that you've taken the opportunity to invest in yourself. Now, speaking about coaching, you yourself do coaching, Correct.
1: I do. I've been coached for probably 25 years, Dan. Um, I still have two coaches in my life today. Uh, One business coach and and one helping me on the uh, marketing side of my my business.
0: Excellent. And you yourself also coach others.
1: I do. Yes. I have a, you know, like I said, I've taken all my years of experience, knowledge, wisdom, and I've put it on a platform to coach and train other uh, multifamily investors and, and, property managers, and the people that are supportive of those people in the industry. So whether they're lawyers or insurance people or the cost segregation people, anybody who's looking to balance their lifestyle a little bit better.
0: Okay, excellent. So why is coaching so important in your eyes?
1: Dan, here's what it's done for me over the years. I remember when I wrote that first check for coaching, I I wrote a check for $1,000 for one-on-one coaching and $1,000 for one month. I walked away wondering how I was going to pay that. (laughs) But after about three months, I figured I never looked back again. Coaching helped me grow my business and still does today 20% a year. Wow. Those are big increases for somebody. So what I like to do is I like to work with the people that I coach and help them to scale their business. You know, coaching isn't telling somebody what to do. It's helping somebody self-discover inside of themselves what they already know and what they need to do to build their business. So if I can help somebody build their business, scale their business, grow it exponentially, then it's well worth it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the dollars that you invest in your business and in yourself should have the greatest return on investment. So I, I'm all for it, and I'm glad that you feel the same way. So listen, Mike, Mike, I really appreciate having you on the show. Um, we've got about three and a half more minutes, two and a half more minutes, I should say. So let's turn it around a little bit. Let's put the mic in your hands. Any questions that you have for me?
1: Um, yeah, you know, what is your biggest um, joy that you get out of your investing these days? So in the, in the space where you know, you're doing your own investing. What's the biggest joy that you get out of it?
0: So I'll give you a little bit of an unconventional answer. My biggest joy in my investing is investing in other people. Um, I've got a course that we just launched called the CRE Pro Course that teaches people everything they need to know about commercial real estate investing and all the tips, tricks, systems, policies, procedures, Forms, spreadsheets, et cetera, to become a top commercial real estate broker. And I've been fortunate enough to have a lot of people reach out and uh, been able to mentor them and, and field questions and really invest in them, give back to them, allow them to taste of the, of the fruits that I've been fortunate enough to taste from as a commercial real estate broker. So I think that that's really what I get the most out of is the investment in other people. And then along the same lines, the investment uh, in my children. You know, I, I really, I love them and I love to see them grow and develop. Um, and, and frankly, you know, my, the investment in my relationship with my fiance, I think that, you know, I get a lot of joy, um, out of the special moments that we have based on the hard work that we put into our relationship. So as you can see, you know, relationships are of utmost uh, importance.
1: Yeah. Boy, you can tell your passion about your, uh, uh, product though, that you have to sell and teaching people and how giving back to those around you is beneficial and how much joy you get out of that. I can see that in your passion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's what it's all about is, you know, you give and you give and you always get more in return. And I just my one of my personal mottos, Mike, is provide value and everything else follows. And, and I'm fortunate to be in a position where I can provide value to others through my content and, and education and, and uh, tutelage. And uh, really, what I get back is, is the satisfaction in seeing other people succeed. So listen, Mike, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Appreciate your transparency, your openness, your willingness to share with us. This has been a really great time, and I just want to say thank you.
1: You bet. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on,
0: Dan. Absolutely. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.